May the words of my mouth and the thoughts of my heart be pleasing to you, O Lord, my rock and redeemer. Please be seated. Today, as you see, it's the first day of Advent. We've got the Christmas tree up and the Advent wreath. It's the beginning of the church's new year, and traditionally it is a penitential time, making the church out of sync with the rest of the world, which is gearing up for the Christmas season. Christmas decorations have adorned shopping centres since the middle of October, and Christmas shopping is well underway for some anyway. But the church is not ready for Christmas just yet. Advent is a time of hope, waiting and preparation. It remembers and retells the story of people who, like us, were waiting for the promises of God to be fulfilled. In a sense, it's a little left because it's, a, it's meant to be a time for spiritual reflection and preparation, a time for us to consider the indwelling of Christ in our lives in a new way. For most of us, this time of year inevitably means our lives become more hectic as we prepare for Christmas. There are Christmas functions to attend, cards and emails to write, shopping to be done and food to be, to be prepared. It's also a time of preparation for the annual summer holiday. The rigours of modern life have virtually made it impossible for anyone except the most disciplined to take time out for spiritual reflection. Waiting for anyone facing uncertainty is a tough time, fraught with tension and anxiety. As we go about our preparations for Christmas, let us hold into our th in our thoughts and prayers those people who are finding this time difficult because they're waiting for their loved ones to be found. And we think of those people in Indonesia who suffered a devastating earthquake in the past week and are still waiting in hope that their family ones will be rescued. Civil defence and local authorities are also always encouraging us to prepare for disasters such as earthquakes which often give no warning. We're also encouraged to make a will and keep it up to date just in case something untoward happens to us. So that's a little reminder to you all to make sure your wills are up to date. Unfortunately, we get so engrossed in day-to-day -day living that being prepared for something we think will never happen to us is not on our agenda. Aren't we meant to enjoy life, not anxiously think about what or what might what or might not happen at some time in the future. It isn't until something unexpected happens that we stop and think, if only I had been prepared. But let's focus on the positive. Waiting can also be a joyous time, like a family expecting the birth of a baby. And um, last year in August, July, August, my family was in that state. Uh, waiting for the arrival of little Ello. The expected arrival of a baby in most cases is, is an exciting event in a family's life and preparations take place like getting the baby's room ready, painting and papering so everything's fresh and new. The bassinet is purchased and along with the necessary clothes and nappies. Great fun. 
These preparations are usually done well ahead of the projected delivery date, just in case the baby comes early, which happened for one family uh, in the last day or so whose baby was born on the side of the road. It pays to be prepared. The passage from Romans also speaks about being prepared. Time is running out. Greek has two words for time, chronos and kairos. Chronos has to do with chronological time, the time on our clocks and watches. Kairos has to do with special moments in time, such as the day of salvation, which Paul is referring to in this passage. Our salvation is nearer now than when we first believed. The day is near, he says. It's time to get ready, time to prepare. It seems clear that Paul is referring here to the second coming of Christ. He urges Christians to live decent lives for all to see, behaving appropriately for who we are and whose we are. He then lists three pairs of sins that we must be especially careful to put off like dirty clothing. They're wild parties and drunkenness, sexual promiscuity and immoral living, and quarrelling and jealousy. Instead, we must clothe ourselves with the presence of Lord Jesus Christ. In other words, we're to resolve to live a godly life, such as that he speaks in Romans 12, verse 2. Don't copy the behaviour and customs of this world, but let God transform you into a new person, changing the way you think. Then you will learn to know God's will for you, which is good and pleasing and perfect. One of my favourite verses in the Bible. To be prepared is the message of today's Gospel passage. Set near the end of Matthew, this passage is part of the account of Jesus' trial and crucifixion. Jesus is in Jerusalem in the days before his death. He and his disciples are sitting on the slopes of, Mount, of the Mount of Olives, the place where the prophet Zechariah says God will begin the final battle against evil. Jesus tells them of the Son of Man, a figure regarded in Hebrew scriptures as one whose coming will signal the end of human history. To Matthew's community, this identification would link Jesus with the promised Messiah. God's reign is coming, Jesus says. All these signs are here, and the coming of the Son of Man will bring both promise and judgment. Be prepared. No one knows the day or the hour when these things will happen. Not even the angels in heaven or the Son himself, Jesus says. Only the Father knows. No one can predict that day. It will happen in the midst of ordinary life. To illustrate his point, Jesus reminds his disciples of the story about Noah and the flood. He compares the normalcy of their daily lives with the normalcy that will prevail before the second coming. People will be eating and drinking, partying and getting married, right up until that moment, with no clue of what is about to happen. There is no problem with people doing these things, but they are so caught up in the routine of daily living that thinking about their spiritual well-being is far from their minds. Their problem is not gross sin, but secular indifference. 
lack of interest in God. By the time they were sufficiently aroused to do something, it was too late. Once the rain started, the, the, the flood waters came quickly and without warning, and the opportunity for preparation was gone. The only people prepared were Noah and his family, and they were the only ones saved. In this reading, Jesus challenges his hearers, that's you and I, to be ready to keep awake for this life-changing event, even though we don't have any idea when it will happen. Scripture says Christ will come again, but do we really believe it? Hundreds of generations have lived and died without experiencing the second coming of Christ, and most of us are confident that we won't witness it in our lifetime, so why bother to prepare for it? Jesus urges his disciples to keep watch, for you don't know what day your Lord is coming. He then gives the example of not being careless and letting our homes be burgled. You must be ready all the time, for the Son of Man will come when least expected. The only adequate preparation is to live a life of constant vigilance and obedience. In the next chapter, Matthew reminds us that Jesus will appear just around the corner, suddenly, as a hungry person, or a neighbour needing clothes, or someone sick or imprisoned. How we respond to Jesus in these situations will shape how Jesus encounters us on that great day when we meet him face to face. John Wesley's advice is to do all the good you can, by all the means you can, in all the ways you can, in all the places you can, at all the times you can, to all the people you can, as long as ever you can. Very good advice. Barbara Brown Taylor, one of my favourite authors, who, had the privilege, who I had the privilege of meeting in 2010, offers an alternative. She suggests that every morning when you wake up, Decide to live the life God has given you to live right now. Refuse to live yesterday over and over again. Resist the temptation to save your best self for tomorrow. There is no need to get lost in the technical details of timing or to try to know something even Jesus himself did not know. Instead, Taylor urges us to focus on how we live today. Live a caught-up life, not a put-off life, so that wherever you are, you're ready for God. Ours may be a generation that finally sees him ride in on the clouds, or we may meet him in the same way generations before us have, one by one, as each of us closes our eyes for the last time. Either way, our lives are in God's hands. And that's from her book, On the Clouds of Heaven and the Seeds of Heaven. The best way to prepare for the second coming of Christ is to live our lives in daily companionship with Jesus now. Then we will not be threatened by his sudden appearance. Instead, Jesus' coming will be an occasion for great joy, like that we experience when we finally see a loved one after a long absence 
or like the joy of a long-lost person at the appearance of their rescuer? Do you remember the joy on the faces of the rescuers and those of the children and their parents when the tired children were brought out of the cave that they'd been trapped in for two weeks? It's a joy that's almost impossible to put into words, isn't it? I've been trying to watch the movie, it's on Netflix, and I've got a little way, but it gets a bit tense and, and I can't cope with it, even though I know that the ending was good, which is, I find a bit strange, but maybe I'll have another go. Advent is a season that is inclined to get overwhelmed by preparations for Christmas and the busyness of the season. It's so easy to get caught up in worldly things and put aside our spiritual lives. But one part of faithfulness is repentance, turning away from the paths that have taken us away from God, turning off the things that have drowned out God's voice in our hearts and minds. It's a time for turning towards new ways of living that offer hope, not just to us, but to those we encounter in our personal lives and in the wider world that God loves. Advent urges us to turn back to God and to get ready to receive the wonderful gift God is going to give us. Let us pray. Advent God, we meet preparing to greet you. Turn us around to find your way. Guide us into a lifestyle appropriate to your coming kingdom, so that we may prepare the way for others and lead them in the path of peace. Be with us, Emmanuel the God who comes close. Amen. Amen. <laughs>